Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Now, boys, what did we say about threatening each other at breakfast? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. First and goal at the five. Hand off Forte. Runs right. Has room. At the two. At the one. At the goal line. He's into the end zone. That's another rushing touchdown for Matt Forte. And the Jets are now blowing out the Buffalo Bills with 11.21 to go in the fourth quarter. Can't imagine why NFL ratings are down, Ben, when it was the Bills and the Jets on Thursday night football, and it was over pretty early in that game uh, in the into the third quarter. It was pretty ugly. And also, Josh McCown v. Tyrod Taylor does not bring the boys to the yard. Not so, so much. Uh, I, not like a milkshake. Something that was said last night after the game by that's great Missy Elliott I, I, connection there. I, wasn't job. it? Uh, I don't think Missy Elliott did the song. Didn't she? No. Or it was, was somebody that sounded like Missy Elliott. It was somebody else. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't her? Something. I will look it up. Well, yeah. now I'm disappointed I in myself. Feel we, I this that is was, the most important thing of the day right Missy. now. Hmm. Uh, I was not Missy. Okay. It was, uh, keep keep going with what all you're right. getting on. Well, uh, anyway. Uh, something called Kellis. Kellis. Oh, all right. Yeah. So somebody trying to sound like uh, Missy. Yes. All right. Well, my bad, Missy. Shout out. Um. Anyway. I do love Missy Elliott. Yeah. That was no, the best I, part I of really that halftime show. She's good. She's great. Um. But anyway, so uh, milkshakes and to the yard and football. Yeah. Um. The Bills and Jets don't bring it, and that I think bad quarterback matchups are driving bad ratings. And uh, the NFL tweeted out the other day a classic Monday night football game between the Broncos and the Chiefs when Joe Montana was at the very end. Yeah. And this was during the time where I wasn't old enough to convince my parents to let me stay up for Monday night football. Mm -hmm. And so I was back when it used to start at like eight. 30 central time too, yes right which was ridiculous yeah so I, i'm i was growing up on the east so it yeah. was 9 30 oh, i mean at that point you can watch maybe the first quarter yeah um but uh so i, I was watching this and i didn't know who won yeah because right? i didn't watch the game when it happened right so i it's like an eight minute video and i'm like oh you know like all these things yeah. are happening and i'm watching it as if it's a live game Montana, and it was elway right it was yeah it was so spectacular there was a elway game winning drive but then montana had too much time and he comes back and yeah. he wins it and it was just peak football and i thought yeah you know what if that game was on thursday night uh probably a lot of people are sticking around much longer than mccown and uh, tyrod taylor but Richie Incognito last night said basically that everyone in the league thinks these Thursday night games are a joke. That the, the two teams do not have enough time to prepare. They end up being hideous games. Mm -hmm. And last year, the Thursday night game for the Vikings was really good between the Vikings and the Cowboys. Yeah. And, and once again, did good ratings. To, yeah. To well, the Cowboys good, will do that. The Cowboys will do that. 
Mike Weird. Zimmer did not coach that game. He did not. Weird that uh, an, an interesting team with a good quarterback would bring people in to watch the game. But right. aside from that, though, then there's the comment from the, the CBS executive talking about the oversaturation of these mm-hmm. games. And it seems to me, Ben, that at some point we're ending this Thursday night football thing. That it's going to be over at some point. I I think there are 32 people. Well, 31, I guess, because the one team doesn't have an owner. But there are 31 people that probably disagree, but they have a lot of owners. But those owners don't have a whole lot of... Those owners don't have a seat at the league meetings. They probably disagree that this is an experiment worth ending because it gets them more money. It's another TV package they could sell. That is the ultimate problem, is that they say, okay, we can make more money off of this. And it seems like when when the focus is just let's grow the revenue pie at all costs you sometimes make some decisions that are bad for the quality of the game. This was the audio from Incognito, and he's aware of that. It's tough, man. These Thursday night games, they suck. They throw a, a wrench in our schedule. It's uh, it's uh, it's absolutely ridiculous that uh, we have to do this. To force us to play games on four-day weeks, it's it's completely unfair. And uh, bull****. And, you know, whatever. The league makes money off of it, and uh, that's all they care about anyway. Richie Incognito, if Alex Boone had been good, would be Richie right, Incognito, right. Um, a, a scary individual to talk to because he's so gigantic. And because um, of that whole it, that, hazing thing. Yeah, that too. Uh, but truth is truth. Yeah. It makes him sound salty after losing last night, and their offensive line got whooped. So you could probably do a little eye roll at when he's saying it. But something is true no matter the circumstances, then it's true. And in this case, what he's saying, the quality of football on Thursday night has been occasionally great. And occasionally really, really awful. But I think what you're asking of the players there is a lot. And I really think that you're diluting the product by throwing out a lot of bad matchups on these Thursday nights. There might be one or two a season that you can get behind. Well, I remember talking to Captain Munderland about this last year. And he said that generally in a week, I said, I asked him, like, when do you start to feel like a normal human being again? Or when do you start to feel like you're ready to go? And he said, it's generally about Thursday morning. That after a Sunday game that you feel like, okay, I I feel like the injuries and the, the all the hits from Sunday have subsided to the point where I can just kind of go about my day and, and feel like I'm not a, a walking corpse to some degree. <laughs> so he said, imagine that, and then now you have to go play another game the day that you finally start feeling good again, and then you have to reset this whole process. And, and start to, starting to feel good is not 100% ready to go do it again. It's ready to just kind of go about your day and, and probably go through practice. It's not go out and play another game and basically get in another car wreck. I mean, that's basically what these games are. I mean, these guys are essentially taking the physical toll of getting in a car accident every Sunday, and now you're asking them to do it again four days later. It reminds me a lot of the NHL and the Winter Classic, too. The, the, the player point yeah. is right on, that when you're arguing – Oh, we're all about player safety now. We've made the game so much safer. Let your kids They're play about football. The it's of so much safer. Yes, which right. Which is a different thing. I do think, and one of the things in that video with um, Elway in Montana was Steve Atwater flying oh in gosh. and ruining a dude's yeah. life. And I was like, well, I guess they don't do that anymore, yeah, do he they? Was, uh, so the game is he was a bad dude. The game is safer, but it is contradictory to send players out there. So that's one part of it. But even if you, you as a football fan don't care so much about that 
Um, there is just the fact that it's like the NHL and the Winter Classic, that when they started the Winter Classic, people were like, wow, yep. this is an event that I'm going to look forward to every year, every January 1st or 2nd. I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be watching this hockey game. Mm-hmm. This is so cool. One time a year. And then they did 11 of them yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then it was in the same three cities all the time. It's in Chicago and Pittsburgh. And we're like, okay. We and then, need Sidney Crosby again. Right. And then it's like, Except okay. Except he's got a concussion. And you sort of shrug your shoulders like, oh, we're, we're going to do one in L.A. Because it's yeah. warm there and we've got Kiss. And you're like, okay, all right. I guess Gene Simmons is old now. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, there wasn't r- much to it at that point. Thursday night football, when I was growing up, Ben, and you two, I, I, maybe once a year, twice a year, and it would be kind of a cool thing. They would have like a Thursday night football game. It was just like, wow, they've got a Thursday night game tonight. Toward the end of the season when we're all stuck inside and it's cold. And then they made it into an event. And I wonder if there would be a way to do that again, where you take a team that's got a bye week the next week or something, some way that they could prepare for it, make it three, four times a year. So, hey, this week there's a Thursday night game on and it's, Good teams, good quarterbacks. You know who they are going into the season yeah. until they tear their ACLs. You know who they are. So you can have, whenever Andrew Luck comes back, you can have Brady and Luck or Breeze and Roethlisberger or something. Make sure it's good. Make sure it's an event. And then people could get behind it. Thanksgiving is that way. I think nobody ever said, boy, they shouldn't have this Thanksgiving game. This was just one time a year, yeah. a couple of teams. It was fine. But with every single week, I know I've it's fatigued me, and when the Dolphins were playing the Ravens, <laughs> you could not get me to watch that. Well, and it's the problem that you run into, too, is that when you are trying to do Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, mm-hmm. you have the, sort of these three tentpole games in a week that you are trying to make the anchor of your TV schedule. And then you also have the games where Fox or CBS says, no, we're not letting that go. We're protecting that game on a Sunday, so that doesn't end up on Sunday night. And then you have quarterbacks get hurt, you have star players go down, trying to have enough games that you say, you got to watch this. This game is going to be can't miss. You have all these stars. It's going to be a great game. There's not enough talent. There's not enough quality around the league to have – three of those games every single week, and especially when you have teams that are trying to, to get back on a four-day week. I, I just I don't think that works. I don't know that any of this is going to stop. I, mm-hmm. I don't think something being a bad idea for the overall quality of the game is the type of argument that's going to make NFL owners say, yeah, you know, we're going to we're gonna back off on this, but uh, you, you wish they would because it, it certainly does not help the overall product. And, and maybe if the ratings continue to drop, they'll say, well, hey, wait a, wait a minute here. we got to wake up. we got to look at what's causing this and actually make some real changes rather than kind of trying to rearrange parts and say they, they're doing something different. You know how uh, the NBA has a good commissioner and stuff? Yeah. Um, we talked about this last year, you and I, about how it was awful for the league that LeBron James wouldn't play on the second game of a back-to-back because he needed to rest his feet. Yes. And, you know, you know how I got upset about how that offends me, that a player couldn't go out there and play 20 minutes for the fans of whatever, Milwaukee or something, who showed up to see him. But put that aside, what the commissioner did was said, okay, well, that's the reality of the league, so what we're going to do is work with our scheduling to try and prevent that from happening. And it doesn't seem to me like the NFL has worked very hard to 
make sure the teams are coming off a bye when they have this or do everything that they can to make sure that the teams can recover and be prepared to try and finagle the schedule. I know it's not easy, but they've done nothing to care about it, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it. it so much of it seems in this day and age where things change so fast and tastes change so fast that companies in general that are nimble, that are able to react quickly and, and adapt quickly to things, do a lot better. The NFL in zero sense of the word is nimble they in in any capacity they have not been very good at saying okay this has changed we're gonna we're gonna adapt and react to this it's more well this is the way we've always done it people will come back they love us they can't live without us that has historically been true i'm not sure that it's going to be as you have younger people that aren't watching tv that probably didn't grow up playing because of all the concussion issues it's hard to ignore that and I think overall, I mean, the ratings are still good, but there is sort of this undercurrent of of rot that you're going to have to deal with in the next 10 or 15 years, or this league is going to be what baseball has, has seen happen, where your fans are still there, but your fans are older people that aren't the ones that are in the target demographic for these stations, and then you don't have the same foothold on things that you used to. Uh, I heard someone on a podcast say about someone else, they buckled under the weight of their own hubris. Yeah, I feel that like is this, the NFL this 100%. Is exactly what the NFL is doing. And speaking of the NFL and how it could become a uh, circus, as our friend Chris Long has tagged it on Twitter, we have another Ezekiel Elliott update. I will tell you about that when we come back. And really enjoyed the conversation with people chiming in about Teddy Bridgewater And it really seems like there's people all over the spectrum on how they feel about this quarterback situation with the Vikings in the second half of the season. So if you want to chime in, where do you stand? Do you think that Teddy is the truth? He's the guy, he's the franchise quarterback that is going to lead them to relevance in the playoffs this year, or would you rather see Case Keenum stay in? Got some more tweets on that to read. Also, you can chime in at 651-646-8255. Collar and Gessling in for Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. Here we go. We're going live right now. On 1500 ESPN. Matthew Collar and Ben Gessling back with you in for Mackie and Judd. Uh, Feel free to give us a buzz on Teddy Bridgewater and the Vikings quarterback situation. Uh, Got a tweet in from Gabby saying that wins should not be a factor here, that you want the best quarterback to play. And Case Keenum... I think there's kind of a misconception when someone wins that the quarterback just automatically played well. Like you would have to play really bad for people to say, well, they won despite their quarterback. If you see that a quarterback has a good record in a given year, you assume that they've played well, even if their numbers aren't good. Uh, With Case Keenum, I give the offensive line, the running backs, and Mr. Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator, a ton of credit for why Case Keenum has survived but survived is the only way that I would put it, Ben. I, I would I would not say that he has led them to victory outside of one game, really, and then give him credit for the Chicago one, too. Well, yeah. I mean, that one, I yeah, I would give him that one. I, I think I'm not sure they win that game otherwise. I mean, certainly Bradford had to come out of the game, and, and they needed a spark, but they also needed somebody who was a functioning quarterback in there. So I, I would give him that one. But, yeah, I mean, he's been he's been sufficient I guess is how I'd put it I I don't think that he has carried them by any means which is why that they are having this conversation I mean the fact that I mean Mike Zimmer said yeah I was talking about putting Teddy back on the roster that was what I hoped I would have to make a decision about but at the same time he has not said at any point 
well, Case Keenum's our guy. And and I don't think that they're going into it thinking that way. I mean, even when Bradford was still, you know, more when the injury was two or three weeks out and it wasn't this thing now that seems like it's going to last for the better part of the year, Zimmer said a couple times, if Sam is healthy, he's the quarterback. So in their own evaluations, it is not like they've changed a whole lot on where Case Keenum is just because he's played a couple of good games. And he's, he's done what you want a backup to do, but I don't think that he's necessarily going to give you a lot more than that and and he's had a lot of things go right around him he's also had a lot of teams that they've played that are not at full strength the Vikings are certainly not at full strength without Bradford and Dalvin Cook but they have played a lot of teams that have had probably more injury issues than they have or are just bad yeah there's that too the Browns being and the Ravens I would say I mean their defense is good but their uh, quarterback is not playing well at all the combined record of the teams they've beaten is 18 and 27 wow uh, have they beaten a team with a winning record outside of New Orleans, which was in week um, one? I don't believe so. The Packers, I guess, technically have a 4-3 uh, record. Yeah, I don't I guess, really... I guess that counts. Brett Hundley Packers do not have a winning record. <laughs> right. Um, something about Case Keenum that uh, in this situation, what we saw against the Bears is relevant to me because if Teddy Bridgewater did struggle, it's not like you're hurting Case Keenum's feelings or that he can't do that. He's shown that he can come in off the bench yep. if you need him to. Yep. And I, I think the Vikings have to be willing to do that. If Teddy Bridgewater went out for the first half of his first game and really struggled, and it's 6-3, to three, maybe you just put Case Keenum back in and say, well, all right, we got Bridgewater's feet wet, but he wasn't prepared to play the full game yet. We'll try him again next week and, and go from there. But it does end up being a really bizarre and messy situation yeah. because there's so many different ways that it could go. But I, I think they have to be prepared to do that. To uh, that they could uh, If Bridgewater doesn't look like he is 100% back and he doesn't look like he has the grasp on the offense that maybe they thought in practice, just like with Sam Bradford, his injury forced them to take him out. But in this case, if Bridgewater didn't look ready, you'd have to do that. And I know that that probably wouldn't sit well with people, but you would have to go into that preparing everyone for that scenario. All right, we may have to turn back to Case Keenum. The only thing I'd say to that, though, is given the, I mean, think about the people who are making this decision. You have Rick Spielman, who analyzes everything to the seventh layer seventh level down the the road and then comes back to do it one more time you have mike zimmer who has said about teddy bridgewater that he's basically like a son so i I think they are going to do everything they can to put teddy in a good situation and probably put themselves in a situation where they're not going to get second guessed for the way they handled him i'm sure that the fact of how the Redskins handled RG3, you know, a few years back when they were kind of cavalier when they put him back out there with that knee injury, is probably in their minds to some degree. I, I think the idea that they're going to be callous with Teddy or they're going to be rash with him probably shouldn't be in the mix. I, I think they're going to be very, very careful with how they handle it. So, you know, I, the, the, the scenario that you're talking about, I, that they pull him is, is possible, but I also think the way they handle things a lot of times is they want to be able to say we analyzed everything we checked it over three four times and we're confident in what we did and we don't want to have to be second guessed about it i I do think that is going to go into the decision making ben what's your favorite football cliche uh well there's so many to pick from i mean favorite in terms of how it makes my eyes roll uh Uh, sure or you laugh at it because it's so ridiculous or just 
you know, what, well, when, what when players talk about how they're not worried about their contract, um, when, when Sam Bradford, who held out last year in Philadelphia, <laughs> is talking yes. now about how I'm not worried about my contract, I just focus on what I can control. Uh, focus on what I can control is a very strong control one. the controllables. I mean, that's another version of it. It, I, it is what it is, has started to bother me in recent mm, years just because yeah. it means nothing and it's become like a, a crutch phrase. So, Dave, some of Dave those. do you have one? Ooh, specific, specific to football? Yeah, I'm getting to something here. Hmm. Man, I don't know. The word athleticism drives me nuts. Because it's not really a word. Because it's not a word yeah. that doesn't really describe anything. Yeah. We're all talking about athletes. Talking about NFL players, they're all athletic. Yeah. What are you getting to? Uh, Jeff Darlington, the uh, reporter, is he with NFL Network now? Yeah, he's ESPN. with ESPN. Well, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, he reported uh, that Ezekiel Elliott is defining week to week league. That's my favorite. Week to week league yes. is my favorite. Uh, you know, when they say, oh, I don't know. Anybody man, can beat week. anybody. Anybody can beat anybody. That That's why we're not fun. worried about the Browns. And I yeah. guess maybe in the first half, you should have been a little more worried. But uh, week to week league. Ezekiel Elliott, who we thought was suspended, is now back, Ben. Yep. And uh, we, when we get uh, Todd Furman on, we'll ask him how that affects the line for uh, the Cowboys game this weekend. But every one of these suspensions turns into a clown show for yeah. the NFL. Yep. And I don't know if that makes people turn off the league or if they like the drama of finding out if their favorite player is suspended for hitting a woman or not. But it's it is not good PR for the league. It doesn't make you like the league anymore to see that you can't even get a dude suspended for domestic violence because then he just keeps finding ways to come back from the dead like Jason Voorhees. Well, when the Second Circuit Court of Appeals is is part of the NFL lexicon, it's uh, it's probably <laughs> not what you want. It's the only league where we're talking constantly about the Second District Court of Appeals. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we all lived through it a few years ago with Adrian Peterson where it's like, or even with the Star Caps thing, like, this is over, except maybe it's not because there's this other place that you could file a, an appeal and and this could get hung up for a few more weeks. I mean, it it's part of the legal process. It's part of what governs collective bargaining agreements, which is what we're talking about here. But yeah, it, it does come off very uh, uh, hard to, to stomach. And it also, yeah, I mean, it, it changes the, the, the concept of, of whether you watch the Cowboys or not, or, or whether you have Zeke Elliott on your fantasy team, all of these things that are good for the NFL's business in terms of knowing whether you're going to have a player on the field, none of this helps it. And from the Cowboys' standpoint, like eventually the guy's going to get suspended, right? Like right. Didn't, it, didn't it happen with Brady that eventually he did? Now I don't even remember how Deflategate happened. Well, I think at some point he got suspended. Actually, yeah, it was they they handed it down. Uh, it was like in July. I think I was actually co-hosting that day with Tom Pelissero, and I was out. Uh, I, I'd done a story on Adrian Peterson down in Houston. I was about to go on SportsCenter to talk about it, and they they came in my ears, my earpiece, like twenty seconds before I went on, and saying, "Hey, the Brady suspension just came down. We'll get back to you." And I'm thinking, "You're not going to get back to me. You're going to be <laughs> talking about Tom Brady right. for the next seventeen hours." But, but yeah, I think if, eventually he got to a point where he said, "You know what? I'm not going to fight this anymore. I'm just going to take my medicine and go through the suspension." And you almost wonder at some point here if the Cowboys are going to say, "Hey, you should probably do that," so that. We have you back for the playoffs. Yeah. Well, if they make the playoffs, right. four and three right now. So it's kind of up in the air. I guess they need him. Uh, if you're the Cowboys, too, considering what he was suspended for, I don't know how many people care about social media et- etiquette from their teams. It can get you fired if you say something really right. dumb. But like, 
putting out a short video of Ezekiel Elliott looking all intense when you're posting on your website that he's going to be back. Like, let's remember what he was suspended for. Anyway, so uh, that's just, it, it piles on to the things where you, I think people have grown nauseous with stories like this with the NFL. So it's, it's a combination of many different things for why there are ratings down. You mentioned the cord cutting people, the people that don't watch TV. I think this is part of it. It just drives me crazy. I don't want to hear about Ezekiel Elliott anymore. Can he just be suspended and then come back and let's move on with our lives. Instead, it's got to be every week. These in a new court and this has got to be a big story. That's all over whatever network you watch. And it makes you want to turn them off. Yeah, and, and some of it, I think, probably becomes, oh, it, it gives the network something to talk about. I, I don't think that that's what you want your your NFL-owned network talking about all day long. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably not. And and there's 32 teams. There's a lot of different things that I'd rather be talking about than Ezekiel Elliott in court. Matthew Collar, Ben Gessling, in for Mackie and Judd today. Uh, what do you have, Dave Harrigan, in stuff that... Ben and I should know about. Well, you should know about Greg Popovich's interesting night. Gabe Kapler had a Seinfeld-like moment in his introductory press conference with the Phillies. And Inside the NBA is, of course, back and still awesome as it was last night. All right, Collar and Gessling in for Mackie and Judd. They need it now. Mackie and Judd now continue. They want it now. On 1500. Get it on. ESPN. And stuff you should know about today is sponsored by Discover Card. Discover Card alerts you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. It's free for card members. Sign up online at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. What you know about that? What you know about All right, Dave, what do you got for stuff that Ben Gessling and I, in for Mackie and Judd, me being Matthew Collar, if you didn't recognize the beautiful voice, uh, how are you, uh, what do you got? Let's let's make it uncomfortable as possible right off the beginning, shall we? Great. It was the introductory press conference for Gabe Kapler, new manager of the Philadelphia Phillies yesterday. He's hanging out there with the GM. They're fielding questions. And Howard Eskin, Philadelphia media type, gets up and says, Well, there's an elephant in the room, Gabe, and that's the blog you used to write for. In fact, I think you still do. Uh, cap lifestyle in which he gave all sorts of health advice and, mm. you know, guide to great living, the Gabe Kapler style. And mm. in one of those posts from a few years ago, we talked about all the benefits of coconut oil. It's great for everything from, you know, moisturizing your skin to whitening your teeth. And it's also a great lubricant. Oh, okay. And was that mentioned in the question? Um, It was danced around, put it like that. And, <laughs> In, in the perfect way, you remember the Seinfeld episode, you know, Master of Your Domain? Yes. Uh, yeah. Sure. Very much similar to that, so here we go. I don't want to get specific, but uh, <laughs> I'm people in the room, there's an elephant in the room that people uh, hear. I mean, coconut oil is a, is a phrase. Uh, I threw it out there. Gabe, any reservations, 
And then Matt, any reservations? Gabe, for putting it out there, and Matt, while you were in the interview process. Much of what I have written is, is several years old. And when I was writing that, I was in a different mindset than I am now as the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Even with that said, if you look through the various posts, there is some tongue-in-cheek stuff that I had directed to players because I thought it, it might make them laugh. Thinking through it, you know, there are some things that I might have written a little bit differently. Certainly, we all make mistakes and, and miss the mark from time to time. But if you go back and you look at those posts, they were meant for, for health. They were meant to help people be more prepared and, and stronger. And so they're imperfect. I'm imperfect. <laughs> but I'm also very proud of a lot of the content that I would encourage people to go back into and, and dig into and, and find the stuff that really does hit the mark. Sports needs to not take itself so seriously. <laughs> Can somebody it, send that clip to every team in this town that thinks, oh, the media here is so tough? Oh, yeah, right. I, that is a very <laughs> Looking question. at you, Mike no, Zimmer. See, I, I think that I want Gabe Kapler to be hilarious at that point. I want him to be like, Hey, Howard, I've got some coconut oil for you, buddy. <laughs> Just pull it right right out of his pocket. I've got a, or what is it coming, a bottle? Yeah, sure. I don't use jar. it for anything. Um, so here's some coconut oil for you, Howard, and some for you with the, the you know, whatever team website. It's some for you and some for you. Everybody have a great weekend. That would have been hilarious. And why can't we be funny in sports? They don't even play another game yeah. until April. Who cares, yeah. right? We'll forget about it by tomorrow. That's kind of a a pretty low level controversy that they're trying to say. I mean, the, I made mistakes, but hey, go check out the blog. There's a lot of great stuff on there. <laughs> How is that a mistake? How is that a mistake? How is that something you should be embarrassed about? This if is the you kind said of thing you'd see on like a mid morning network talk show. I mean. You, I don't know people, what you're watching mid morning, but well, you see that on. I mean, some of the the mid-morning ones that you scroll through there i mean just they, they keep it pg or pg-13 yeah, but yeah you've sure. seen some of that stuff it's, i think i mean to me it's just a funny goofy thing that the, the manager a does not need to be grilled on because who cares yeah and <laughs> so even asking that question is astounding but the fact that somebody asked it if you are prepared for that or even if you weren't prepared for that giving this well, I uh, you know, feel bad about some of the things I did in my past. You suggested people use a certain substance for... Yeah. What, what's the big deal about that? I, I, I can't... Like, why is this a controversy or a problem? Be funny. Like, I was talking about this on the Purple Podcast that you're no longer on, Ben, about asking kickers questions. Like, why the kickers don't respond with funny answers? <laughs> Somebody asked Kai Forbath, and sorry if the person who asked is listening, but it's a really bad question after a game. But they're all bad for kickers. So how far can you kick it? If he was like <laughs> 90 at least, I would say. Or if he Do came, you remember Tecmo Super Bowl? Right? <laughs> like that. It, 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 you know what? I've suggested to our offensive coordinator that we don't run any plays. We uh, fair catch and then kick a field goal immediately. On punts or on kickoffs, we kneel down and just kick immediately because I can kick it from anywhere, guys. I don't know, 60. How hard? How far do you think I can kick it? He's probably been good from 61 in practice. But the guy has to go, well, you know, I mean, I just try to go out there and kick it as far as I can. Like, can we yeah. not be funny? Well, and there's this thing that and you hear PR people say this, like, oh, you guys asked for candor, but then you you 
string him up as soon as he says something interesting. It's like anytime no. that anybody, yeah, I don't think that happens that much. And anytime that anybody says something in this day and age, there's going to be some corner of the internet that has some backlash to it. It's not that big of a deal. Everybody gets overly worked up about something and they move on to something else the next day. Uh, politics, for example. Yeah, just, just have some ability to say, okay, yep, this is me, this is who I am, and if you don't like it, you'll probably move on to something two days later. It's and not that big of a deal. Dunk on the guy's head for asking you that question. Yeah. Yeah, the, the as soon as you go into political guy speak and, and making statements, you you give validity to the idea that, oh, there's something here that I'm not terribly proud of. It's like, yeah, I wrote it. It's fine. And I'm going to do it later. <laughs> okay. Maybe not that so much. Charles Barkley is that guy who says what he wants to say oh, and doesn't that's care. True, yeah. And we love him for it. Inside the NBA last night, they're talking Spurs, Warriors, Lamarcus Aldridge, and then Charles just decided to go left turn. He makes me nervous. I don't like I don't like people who don't get mad, Ernie. I don't trust people. Like vegetarians, that's not a thing. Everybody likes meat. But I don't like people. It's not a thing, Ernie. Just because they say it doesn't make it true. You don't think there are actually vegetarians? There's no such thing as a vegetarian. Nobody doesn't like meat, Ernie. Uh, Prime form tonight. Coach. It's not a thing. Nobody doesn't like meat. Stop it. <laughs> I think he's right. Yeah. I, I, do you think anybody chooses to be a vegetarian? It's like, yeah, that tastes really good. I mean, it's usually for either health or environmental or ethical reasons. It's not like, yeah, this. I, I really want to go eat some kale. Well, they're all trying I to turn like the vegetables chips, but... into meat-like substances too, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, whether you do the the veggie burger or even like when you do, like you you take some veggie and grill it, it still tastes kind yeah. of grilled, meaty kind of thing. Yeah. Whatever anybody wants to eat is fine. <laughs> like if if you want to have a veggie burger or a whatever tofu dog or whatever, like the episode of The Simpsons where Lisa becomes a vegetarian, discovers <laughs> that Apu has tofu dogs. You uh, don't make friends with salad. That's right. Um, I. Tried once a veggie burger, oh, and uh, yuck. It, let's just say that I'm gonna stick with Charles yeah, Barkley and his way of thinking now. Um, but whatever you want to do is fine. Uh, Charles, now, apparently, every time you eat a burger, it's like putting a car on the road for 320 miles. It's like the worst possible thing you can do for the environment to eat cow. So, you know, I've tried to cut back on that a little bit, but cow is still very tasty. There are some things still in your, mix in the cow. There are some things in your life where you know that. Other people are probably right, but you just, sorry, I can't do it. Like, all you vegetarian people, you're right. I acknowledge that. I like animals. So I go to the fair They're and I tasty. look at the cows and I think, ah, sorry about all that. <laughs> yeah. I just ate um, your cousin. Just many of your cousins <laughs> over my delicious. lifetime. I feel bad about it, but at the same time, I can't stop. So I, I give it to those people. You're right. And I'm sorry, Betsy the cow. This is how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more stuff, Dave. Um, let's do this one. How about this? Teddy uh, Teddy Bruski was on the Ryan Rosillo show yesterday. 2001, we all remember. Drew Bledsoe goes down week two. Tom Brady steps in. Bledsoe was trying to get back, and then he broke his finger in practice. Bruski shared the story of how it happened. He's never told the story hmm. before. He wasn't getting, re like, real reps, you know? So he would he would go and... You know, get drops in with the receivers, with the backup receivers, and make sure his timing was still there and anything. And I knew that hit was still on his mind, right? So there was this one. He dropped back, 
And I sort of got in front of him to like, ah, sort of give him a little, like, here comes the rush. Drew threw the ball, and his finger hit my thigh, and it broke his finger. That was how he broke his finger. That's how he broke his finger. Because I remember. And I was like, oh, no. Because you messed with him. (laughs) Because I was messing with him. So the thing that basically birthed the Tom Brady era in in New England, or at least made it so that Bledsoe wasn't going to come back, was was a, a joke that Teddy Bruschi was playing during practice? Apparently. That's it. Uh, thrown in practice. I'm, maybe if I were Teddy Bruschi, I'd try to find a way to give myself credit, too. Um, yeah. For sparking the Tom Brady era. But uh, that's funny. Kind of feels like the bloody sock. It's one of those things that gets developed into like this apocryphal legend folktale mm. in Boston that probably wouldn't be anywhere else because nobody takes themselves as seriously as Boston sports fans. But... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Tom Brady was probably going to... I mean, because I, I, Brady had played probably before. It sounded like that was when Bledsoe was trying to come back. So, um, you know, maybe it would have changed things, but uh, I think it, it, Brady was on his way to, to being the starter that year anyway. So I think they might have still won Yeah, like if, if Bledsoe yeah. came in. At Bledsoe that, was not a bad quarterback. At, at that time, Bledsoe's probably a better quarterback than Brady. He was kind of captain checkdown at he that moment. He was a moment. game manager at first. Yeah. And then he became greatness. Yes. But... Funny story. What else you got? Anything? Is that it? Yeah, let's run. I can give you more after the break. We should get this one in. Fine. I mean, I guess so. I got a lot of stuff. Uh, I would like to talk more about coconut oil. Um, Collar and Gessling in for Mackie and Judd. Uh, From coconut oil to the NFC, which is a natural progression of things on the show. That's what we'll talk about next. NFC is very slippery. Um, Oh, good one. Mackie, Judd Zogad. I'm trying to get our players to listen to me. Instead of listening to you guys. Mackie and Judd. It's like poison. You know what I mean? It's like taking poison. On 1500 ESPN. WWE 2K18 is out now and back in action with an all-new graphics engine blurring the line between video games and reality. WWE 2K18 and cover star Seth Rollins challenge you to be like no one with the most comprehensive creation suite yet. WWE 2K18 from 2K. Get it now on all major platforms. It's rated T for teen, and you can win your copy right now on the 1500 ESPN stream player. Thank you, Dave Harrigan, Matthew Collar, Ben Gessling, in for Mackie and Judd. Um, I do want to get to the NFC, and we'll talk to uh, Todd Furman next. But um, you know, just thinking about this coconut oil thing, just dramatic, <laughs> off of it. Dr- dramatic pause. Where I'm going with that? Could either could any of us just manage? I see what you did there, Harrigan. Could, could any of us just manage a, ba- a major league baseball team? Like, I mean, this guy was just writing blogs about how to, uh, you know, do things uh, in your personal time, and he was a major league baseball player. And I've read his site. There's more than just coconut oil takes. I mean, he's a very smart guy. But with major league baseball, it's the one sport. I feel like if you put me in Popovich's shoes, I'd be like, uh, shoot the three. Like, I mean, I could try to figure out some strategy or whatever, but I would be nowhere close. If you asked me to design a defense like Mike Zimmer, I'd be like, ah, zone blitz, maybe. You know, I mean, like, I know some things, but not anywhere enough uh, to be able to watch the amount of tape and everything else. With baseball, if you put me in charge of the Washington Nationals, I could be like, all right, tonight, Bryce Harper, I want you to hit a home run. And I think I would win almost as many games. I think any of us would win almost as many games as Dusty Baker did this year. I Well, I I think your overall opinion on whether any of us could coach a team, you're talking about you right now with 
the knowledge that you have right at this moment. Right at this not, right at this moment. Yes. I because I I not if I, I reject spend a the lifetime. idea that any of these guys are some uniquely qualified genius. They they spend hours upon hours upon hours upon hours preparing and studying and analyzing every possibility, and that in a lot of cases is what makes them able to do what they do. I I don't think that the general public is incapable of doing that. But I, I think you're talking about right now, could any of us manage a baseball team? I mean, right now, go outside, find a guy getting on the train over here yeah. and say, all right, do you know anything about baseball? Yeah, sure, played in high school. I think you can manage the Washington Nationals and be fine. Maybe you don't win as many games, but you could make the playoffs with them if you're just a guy. I mean, the basic decisions that you have to make in a, in a baseball game in terms of when to double switch, when to pull a pitcher, how you manage your bullpen are, are quite a bit, A, they're quite a bit simpler, and B, they happen quite a bit slower than most sports where you have to make decisions on a second-by-second -second basis in terms of are we going to call a timeout, are we going to challenge this, or, or whatever it would happen to be. There, there's less of that, so... I agree with you generally. I think there are certain managers. We were talking off air about Buck Showalter. I think there are certain managers that are good enough to elevate their teams beyond where they otherwise would be. I would put him in that class. But yeah, I think in general, if you have a team as talented as the Nationals are, we would be every bit as good at winning 96 games and stubbing our toe in the playoffs. Speaking as a moderately successful ninth grade baseball coach <laughs> for many years, uh, you guys don't Is that know. on your resume? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's actually at the top of the resume, above producer Mackie and Judd. Is that it's, like your LinkedIn headline, moderately successful ninth grade baseball coach? Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing the uh, the full uniform, too. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, you guys have no idea what goes into it. Far, far too uh, difficult. I mean, to convince I, a second baseman to take a ground ball and throw it to first is not an easy <laughs> thing to do. I'm a moderately successful uh, high school track coach. Mm, Run like fast, it. turn left. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Well, you could be a good NASCAR coach, yeah. too, then drive fast, turn left. It's yeah, all the, the, the Cross country is much more complicated, though, Dave. Sometimes you have to turn right. Ooh. Ooh, wow. Uh, and my point just being, if the guy... Um, with the coconut oil, I mean, it just doesn't make a difference. If his roster's good, he'll be fine, and none of this will make any difference. That's why he should have been funny about it. Anyway, Todd Furman coming up next. Collar and Gessling in for Mackie and Judd. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face -face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.